Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, this is Craig Custance with The Athletic, joined, as always, on Tuesdays by my good friend, Sean Gentili, and boy, do we have a jam-packed show. I hope I hope we can get this. There's so much to talk about, Sean, um, and I, I, I don't even know where to start, but I do want to tease. We have an incredible uh, interview. Uh, Justin Applicator joined us from Riga. Latvia. He was the captain of Team USA's yeah. World Championships team. Uh, off to a great start, the Americans. Uh, Justin, news came out literally like 15 minutes before we recorded, or at least news came out to me. That's when I read the email from USA Hockey that Justin has been ruled out for the tournament. I believe it's a knee. Terrible news for Justin Applicator. Brian Boyle is now the captain. Um, but it's still a fun chat with Justin because just to get his perspective of a weird year at the Worlds and just to talk how, how it all went down with Detroit and it was it was an awesome conversation, um, Sean. But first, before we get to that, uh, crazy happenings in the world of hockey. I know this is an American show. I know we're focused on the American teams, but we have to break the rule to talk Toronto-Montreal, even if we just talk about the Americans and the team and Jack Campbell and Austin Matthews because... Holy smokes, what a collapse, eh, Sean? I was all psyched to only say, like, want to do, like, the one-word review of Game 7 <laughs> and, and the then Islanders move on. To- <laughs> all right, Seth Jones news. Here we go. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's any way we can avoid that. Were the Tuesday show, that game happened on Monday night. It would be a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Professionally, I would say borderline unethical to not talk about it, given <laughs> given the given the importance of, of of that of that game last night. Um, I'm not sure if any of you guys uh, if any of you guys missed it. The Leafs lost. Oh yeah, yeah. You should, do you have a score? We got the scores of the twos and fours. <laughs> Traffic. Uh, 
it, I don't even it know was, the final. What was the final? <laughs> it was 3 1. Okay. Come on. That was, or no, it was no, I, who knows? <laughs> Were we supposed to watch it? Was that game? One. That's that's really embarrassing. No, I, it was uh it was it was three one. So uh, so, I mean, the, you know, the, the game is going to be, has been dissected by the time you're listening to this. To me, the interesting debate is moving forward yeah. with, this, with the Toronto Maple Leafs because um, I, you look at the way that, that roster was constructed. I think given the restraints of everything, I thought Kyle Dubas put together a really good team. And we could talk about the old guy strategy and bringing in a bunch of guys like you know, Thornton and Wayne Simmons and even Nick Foligno as a strategy. That That's certainly up for debate now. But there's also restraints that were Kyle Dubas um, are, are of his own making, right? Like he, th- there's some high salaries on players that, you know, we, we can say perhaps are, aren't, the, aren't the best. Is what's, I know where I stand on this roster and we'll get to that in a sec. What are you, what are you doing moving forward, Sean, with this as when you looked at how this team played? I was surprised to see how, how many Leafs fans on my timeline last night were like, "All right, that's it for Marner. Oof, they're done. See, 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 see you later." But when you look at when you look at Marner's contract, I think the funny part of the way that that's structured is like, yes, he's at a ten point nine hit, but from a cash standpoint, that was really front loaded. He got paid a whole lot of a whole lot of real world money mm-hmm. in the first couple years of that of that deal. Which helped, which helped, you know. Then it drops. That helps. That helps keep the cap hit manageable. But it also makes it a little bit more attractive uh, to trade because the team that they were that mm-hmm. you trade them to doesn't have <laughs> doesn't have to spend quite as much like real world money on Marner. So that's that's the that's the interesting one to me. Um, but oh my gosh, I know it's 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 a tough time to talk about John Tavares, right? He's coming off coming off yeah. an injury. Didn't play. Didn't play the last you know, six and two thirds game of that, of that, of that series. But he's 30 years old. He makes $11 million against the cap and he's on it for four more years. So I think, I think the discussion, uh, the, the, the contract discussion starts with him as well. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's all those contracts. And then the guy that, that I felt the worst for was after the fact, Jack Campbell comes out and does his oh. media availability it, during a week, not for nothing where post game media availabilities are under scrutiny um, mm-hmm. or during a time. And Jack Campbell's a guy and not to make this, not to overanalyze or psychoanalyze here, but you know, a guy mm-hmm. that has been open about, you know, his, his issues, mental his health struggles, his struggles yeah. that he's had to come over. Um, biggest, you know, collapse, uh, biggest upset in years. And Jack, and this is just how it goes. He's a millionaire professional athlete, has to, has to talk about it. And boy, was that, it was hard. I was seeing the quotes come through Twitter and then watching it today. It, like, it, 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 he put it on his shoulders. And yeah, the mar- or that first goal was bad. Um, but, but Jack, it, it was not on Jack Campbell. No, he was their best player. And, and in terms of body of work over that, over that seven games, maybe maybe you can argue Nylander. I, I think that I think that'd be fair. But nine thirty four save percentage in a in a seven game series, I really outplayed Carey Price for huge chunks of it. I think that I think that remains the craziest part mm. of this series is that they didn't get goalied. That's not what happened. This wasn't Carey Price you know, standing on his head for six and a half games. I mean, they, they, 
they they had their chances and they and if nothing else they had a guy in the opposite net that was that was up to the task right yeah. It's a great, it's a great, great stretch by by, by Jack Campbell. So, yeah, it was. I, I felt I, I did, I did feel bad for him because uh, you know, in the list of blame to spread around, he is he is towards he is towards the very very bottom. Mm-hmm. So here's here's what I'm doing with this team. So if we're gonna if we're gonna criticize Kyle Dubas for maybe some overpayments on the high end, and and I'm never. If you're going to screw up, overpay your best players. That's where I'm at. So I hundred like, percent. I don't. I'm way less mad about overpaying Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, and they're not overpaid. Totally. In my opinion. But anyways, then I am. You know, people that are filling out lines three and four with five million dollar mm-hmm. players. Um, but if we're going to be critical of those contracts, you have to say, okay, Jack Campbell at one point six five next year, like trading for Jack, seeing, take rolling the dice there, and then you know getting them at a really good number. That sets that sets up uh, Toronto well with with Freddie Anderson coming off the books. My solution to this is doing absolutely nothing with with the big players in Toronto, and and I I look at this a little bit like when Tampa lost to Columbus in the biggest upset and whatever you know everybody was was freaking out about the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they they lose as the the best team in the league. They get bounced in the first round. Uh, there were people that wanted to fire John Cooper. I, if if Tampa had been in Toronto, um, it would people would have been going crazy about that roster. And I've talked to Julian Breezeball about this. He's and he, you know, he's he's a guy that sits there and a, he's a very analytical guy. He, he likes to deal in the gray and then make a bet. And he's just like, he's like, you know what? That the all of that experience as a group. He the the way he put it was. Um, it was up to that group to to fix it, and if you start making a lot of changes, um, you're almost letting the players off the hook that screwed up. And so, if you let's say you you know you you trade Mitch Marner or you trade Nylander or whatever you do, um, now now or you fire the coach. Now you're saying to the rest of the team, "Hey, that was Mitch Marner," you know, and you're letting yeah. him off the hook on some level. I love that. I've never really heard a GM kind of phrase it that way. He's like, "We weren't letting anybody off the hook. We were running this group back," and um, I would say it worked out okay for Tampa. That's my strategy. Yeah, run maybe, it back. Maybe run it back. Maybe maybe Tampa is is the best is the best possible the best possible mo- you know most charitable kind of comparison there. I, mean, I think of the Caps too. Hmm. I, I think of the the early Ovechkin, Backstrom, Mike Green, Alexander Semin. That that first wave of young gun Caps that had some had some had some ugly moments early on. I mean, that, I I it's crazy that those are the terms that we're talking about the Maple Leafs in, really. But you you look at you look at the amount of time that these guys have been in the league, the amount of postseason failures they've had going back to 2017 i mean it's starting to stack up and there is some kind of psychic baggage so you do start looking back on those teams that you know did kind of have those uh, those those (laughs) those choke jobs kind of kind of stack up we brought up marner's Mm -hmm. contract right we're saying it's front loaded in, in, in this and that like something's guaranteed to happen I think it makes all the sense in the world to hold on to him for at least another year because the 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 no trade doesn't kick in until 2023 or tw- or 2024. Like you still have some you still have some runway there if you if you actually do uh, you you do kind of want to run it back. And I I think that I think that does make sense 
you know, the time for them to make decisions is certainly not now, you know, 12 hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 hours after, after it all ended. I know that there's, there's moves that I certainly wouldn't make if I were them trading, trading William, trading, you know, Nylander. He was good. He was, God almighty. He was, he was their best forward. Yeah. He was, he, he was great. He's, he might be the player that, that, that certain people think Mitch Marner is. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trading Nylander anywhere, but, um, my God, my God, we're we're gonna have six months yeah. of of roster dissection here, so so we'll, we'll all have more than enough opportunity to to get into it. But it's tough; it's tough to avoid it because because they, because they're fascinating. Yeah. I, so, um, full marks in Montreal, great great win for them. They keep going. Of course, we get Canadians, Jets, in in, in the next round, just like everyone predicted. Just, just like just like everyone. predicted. And we have uh, you know uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs march on without Crosby and McDavid and Austin Matthews and Ovechkin and all the best players dry sidle because we've got to we've got to eliminate stars in the postseason because that, those are the rules. Um, by the way, the game's called so. Making it- hope you guys ho- hope you guys enjoy Kyle Connor, <laughs> household name Kyle Connor. So, n- no, who knows how the game is played in the postseason more than anybody? It's Lou Lamarillo, and you know, there's there's a little bit. Of, I don't want to say salt in the wounds for Leafs fans, but um, the fact you've got the Islanders with a big overtime win, uh, and you know, here we are saying, hey, pay the top players, don't. Don't put a bunch of money into the bottom lines, and it's Casey Sezikis. I remember when they signed like Clutterbuck and Sezikis to those contracts, and there was like it was people's. Easy, it was it was, it, it was easy to make fun it was of. Easy <laughs> to make fun of, and people's eyes were rolling into the back of their heads because you had twelve million into the fourth line, and and uh, meanwhile, you know they they just keep on trucking the Islanders. Their mm-hmm. highest paid guy Barzal is seven million. Um, that's playing right now and, and mm-hmm. Anders Lee who's out is also th- at that number. This is the opposite, right? This is, this is, we're going to put together a team and nobody can, you know, you, you gotta do everything the right way. And, and we're going to build it from top to bottom. And um, it's hard to argue against the results. And, and I think there is a legit um, case to be made that, that, you know, this is the way to build a playoff team. I I worry about the high end for the Islanders, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. They they keep on going. Boy, you'd feel so much better about them if they, if they had one if they had one more high end forward, right? And I thought that was the craziest part about that Pittsburgh series was it was it Barzal did nothing. I know. I mean, he was he was he was a he was a non factor. They shut down, you know, certainly him and really and really a that that entire line, which is crazy. Like if, if you'd have told me that the Islanders would have made, would be on to the second round of the playoffs, you know, after getting whatever one secondary assist from Matt Barzal or whatever, yeah. or, or whatever he had, whatever he had during that, you know, during that Pittsburgh series, I, I just said, I just said you were crazy, but yeah, there is, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to like. And I know, I know everyone rightfully, capped on the on the clutterbuck and Sezikis and Sezikis contracts but i don't know man that mix works in that in that particular place because of the players and because of the coach and because of because of the gm yeah i i mean there I, i've always felt there's a lot of ways to win in the nhl like we all want to sit there and copycat the lightning when they win or the you know whatever this when pittsburgh wins everyone's got to put the, together the fastest team possible and it's like, you know what, there's, you can win multiple ways. I, I think it's just more important to have some sort of identity. And this is what you are. And the Islanders clearly have that culture, that identity. They know what they are. 
I, I feel like I've said that about the Penguins a million times over the over the last few years. Whether it's my God, conversations with my friends or conversations on the radio or whatever. People get upset whenever they see how small the Pittsburgh Penguins are. They're the second <laughs> they're the second lightest team in the league, blah, blah, blah. It's how they won two Stanley Cups. Mike Sullivan, whether he's not flexible enough or too married to the philosophy or whatever, those are all completely valid conversations. But I get why Sullivan can, continued for so long to preach the speed and skill over everything else because once you start grafting on random players just because to a system that doesn't support mm. them, if you're Pittsburgh and you go out and trade for Ryan Reeves, say, or whatever, yeah. get big, just get big for, you know, add size for size's sake, that is where you run into problems. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's about being fast or just being tough or whatever. I think it's having a philosophy that works and, and doing actual team building with that in mind. You know, so I, I, and I felt like, you know, especially at times over the last year or two, I felt like kind of a shill for Sullivan. Cause I'm like, well, you know, like, like what, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It would be great if, if, if it would be great for them if they added, you know, a six, four, 215 pound dude who was skilled and could skate and whatever, but that's what, that's what everybody wants and they're in there and they have to work within within the constraints that they've placed upon themselves. So have an identity and stick with it and add players accordingly. Um, I think that remains, you know, the, the, the North star for, for, for a lot, for a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's the lesson just to kind of put a bow on it. Maybe that's a lesson for the mm-hmm. Leafs. It's like, you, you had this identity. You were going to be fast, fat, you know, the skilled. You're betting on skill and you're betting on star, your stars. And then you kind of like hedged and you're like, eh, but then we're going to add a bunch of old guys with character that, that people like. Maybe it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to double that. We're, we're, we're just going to outskill you in lines three and four. And that, like, that's our identity here. And, 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 you know, by the way, if we're going to say, okay, wh- how'd that been the strategy? What does that look like? It looks like Colorado probably. Like, holy cow. It's wild, man. I know we're about to have a very unbearable few days worth of discourse on analytics versus versus whatever else. But are we? Yeah, because that's an analytics team in Colorado. So who? Uh, that's like, what. Yeah, I, yeah. That's that's the that's the irony of all of it is that is that people are going to use the Leafs as the example that analytics doesn't work, right? Like that's the team that the computer boys get you and. I don't. The irony of all of that. People say that. Nobody's. I thought we're. Aren't we in the post analytics uh, era? Like Tampa won a cup with analytics. Colorado is just us going to steamroll teams. You would think so, man. But every single loss becomes a referendum on on analytics. Still, it's twenty twenty one. Like it was. It was. This is a little bit of an aside, but whatever. It was infuriating yesterday. After that game, this is everything we want in hockey. It's game seven. It's two historic franchises. It's this insane storyline that everybody saw brewing over the course of two weeks with drama and whatever else. It culminates on a game seven on a holiday weekend in the, in the, in the United States. Like, if you're not a Leafs fan, you know, and I realize that's a <laughs> that's a big that's a big portion of 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 the group that we're talking about here. If you just like hockey, mm-hmm. yesterday was compelling and fascinating and probably fun. 
in within seconds of this game ending, it's like, oh, like this is this is proof that analytics doesn't work. No, like I don't even. I didn't see that. I don't I even didn't see any of that. I oh, I did. I oh. did. Like this is what I, it's 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 will over skill and blah 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 and all this all this stuff. That's a joke for for a couple reasons. For a couple reasons, Mitch Marner, culprit number one with all of that, not an analytics player. The numbers don't particularly like him. They never have. Number two is that is that is that the Colorado Avalanche are mm-hmm. the analytics darling, and they and they are and they are steamrolling the league as we as as we record this. So the, so the same people who whine about you know computer boys built like built like building teams. It's it's pick it's pick and choose. It is. I, I didn't realize. I mean, I know, I know like every once in a while, uh, you know, Pierre on NBC comes out and says something ridiculous. And I wasn't, I wasn't, again, I wasn't even I, talking I about even... him. It's just, it's just, it's just boring. It's just boring old snipes after, after any team with whether it's Dubis or, or, or somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. else bites it. And like, what is, I, I, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see like, whether what even if you don't believe in in the numbers or whatever that even if that's even if that's not your thing if you're annoyed by all of it like so be it but for the love of god enjoy a great hockey game like know, if, if if your first if your first reaction is is to whatever fire off some soft tweet after you know 30 seconds after after the whistle like like get a grip what are you watching these games for good <laughs> lord and speaking of enjoying the hockey game um, that I think the Bruins Islanders was the better game. Like I, I didn't, you know, I w- watched Game Seven because you had to watch Game Seven. Then you flipped over, and it just it w- they were flying. It, it was like um, it was awesome. And no, I, I, yeah, the the most I it's I was I was mad at myself. The most I saw of of that was honestly during the the cut ins during during yeah, inter- yeah, yeah. during intermissions. Um, you know, bad, Brad Marchand bad, doing what bad, he does. Bad, bad American hockey show. It was. Well, me, it, it, it was. It was. Um, all right. I do want to, and we're running a little long in our, in our A segment, but I do want to get into Seth Jones. To, yeah. Um, Elliot Friedman reports over the weekend that Seth Jones has informed the Columbus Blue Jackets he will not be back. Um, he, you know, we, uh, we there's the litany of players who have now left Columbus and, um, it, you know, it's it's star power after star power, and this is this is a tough blow because um, you know you, you got the sense in Aaron Portsline's report like they you know they were he could have been the captain moving forward. This is you build around a, a player like Seth Jones, and you've got Zach Maransky and Seth as you know anchoring your D. If you have those two, you can basically you know scrap together a roster and still be really good. Uh, and now you've got a guy who's not only not coming back according to Elliot um now we all know so Yarmo any leverage Yarmo Kekalainen had is out the window right like it's it's like he's had to make the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade without leverage everyone knew he wanted out Seth Jones wants out it's it's um what a mess for Columbus you know we were talking about this before the show, I, and I think on some on some level it could be it could be worse for Columbus. Like at least you know now you, you it, if you want to trade Seth Jones now, you're moving him with a year left on the contract. A and it's certainly better than getting taken to you know July first, twenty twenty two, and then losing him to the market, right? But yeah, boy, it's this is not something Yarmo could have could have wanted to hit. 
uh, publicly no, over, over the last over, over the last few days. I, I think that's reasonable to say that he that, that he's not thrilled that this that, that this happened. And it's another it's it's another bad break. He, he got held over the barrel with, with 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 PLD earlier, like you said, and now it's. I mean, it. Also, by the way, Seth Jones is not coming off a good season. He he was he was pretty he was pretty he was pretty rough. We're sure Seth Jones is good, right? I don't think <laughs> like, so. Come on, I do. Uh, just for the record, in but Dom and I, we did our player tiers going into the season, and boy, did we go in circles on Seth Jones. And now Dom looks like he's right. Dom's a pretty smart fella. As you I, know, who? You guys do I don't know. Weekly. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you guys who's do your weekly power rankings. This is Dom. Um, that turned into like some. I don't know what happened last week. So um, <laughs> me, me neither. I let the one get away from me. That's what happens. That's what happens when you let the when when, when you let the twenty seven year old run the show one week. You get you find out. Uh, read you, you, Diamond Sean's power rankings. They're always fun. Um, <laughs> you wake up. You wake up and realize you're doing an album review. But yes, yeah, yes. So I, I there was. I, I might have been. It might have been Seth Jones. There was a portion. If you go back and read our player tiers at the Athletic mm-hmm. as part of our season preview, we kept. We both kept reporting it out, and it became an argument amongst our sources within the stories. That's I think great. this was Seth Jones. So he, he. I like Seth Jones. I think he's a franchise defenseman. Dom doesn't think he is he thinks he's overrated all the underlying numbers suggest he's he's overrated and so i you know he he wanted to put him in a certain tier i want to put him in a certain tier and then it just and then i would call a source and they would say seth jones is great and i'd plug that in according to an executive seth jones is great then he would talk to an analyst who would say seth jones i think it was yeah even if it wasn't um whoever this argument might have been over and it all it might have been dougie hamilton that's a whole other debate um okay here here we go by the way Okay. <laughs> so, so as much as we like Jack Hughes, we feel good about him in this spot. Not sure we can say that about Seth Jones. He sits in 3A, and if you ask those on the analytics side, they'll probably tell you to move him down. In fact, they did. <laughs> I was going to say move Jones down, but I know that's a touchy subject with many. I legitimately don't know what he does above a, quote, pretty good level, said one. And then a Western Conference exec, I can't imagine who he talked to. <laughs> said said Seth Jones reminds reminded me of a young Chris Pronger. I yeah, move up, baby. I move up Jones. <laughs> Seth Jones is a star. Eastern Conference executive again. I can't imagine which of you this guy talked to. He's a franchise D for me. I'm guessing the mm-hmm. relatively lower production is what pushed him down. But he's a two way horse. But yeah, the uh, they're I mean the they're they're worse with him on the ice and in a lot of in, in a lot of metrics. And that's kind of the that's kind of the upshot of all that. <sighs> and that did not change this year. It, it was worse. Like, mm-hmm. like if, if we're, you know, Dom was probably right, ultimately. And it's I don't bad, remember. It's a bad situation for the Blue Jackets to be in because you don't want to have to trade another star regardless of, you know, whether expected goals likes them or not. To not for, for optics, it's, it's tough. You know, for team building, it's tough. Um, but I don't know that it's the worst thing in the world that could well, happen. It's bad because you're you're getting fifty cents in the dollar now. Mm-hmm. Like if you would have gotten some indication, and maybe they did from from CAA that at the trade deadline, imagine what Seth Jones is fetching from you know the, yeah, if, totally. if Nick Felino got you what he got when you're talking to Kyle Dubas. If you're like, hey, you know, by the way Seth Jones is available, who knows what that package looks like? Um, and, and so the, that's that's when you've already missed your opportunity to max out on this Absolutely. trade if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now now you're you're in triage a little bit. Um, what about this? I saw someone put, put this on Twitter, so this is not an original idea. 
if you're Toronto and you send Marner and you get out of that contract, and not that you want to get out of a great player's contract, but I'm just saying for Seth Jones and then you use that money on Seth, how do you feel about that? I think Columbus does that in a heartbeat. You, now you have a great young star. Columbus obviously Col- for Columbus weeks. definitely does it. If you're Toronto, do you want to trade for one one year of Seth Jones at his current deal and then the right to you'd have to pro- probably you'd have pretty, to get a window probably pretty pretty drastically overpaying him afterwards. I don't know, man. I don't know. Do probably do not. you want do you want Seth Jones at eight and a half million dollars a year? You? Me? Personally, Craig Custance. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I still think Seth Jones is a good player. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And look, if I'm wrong, so on are the, people. I guess. I guess. Here, here's what I'll say about that: Seth Jones on the Toronto Maple Leafs at eight point five million dollars a year. I think I'm trading Mitch Marner for somebody else. If I'm trading Mitch Marner, I, I, I mean, I'm, Kyle has the same numbers that Dom has. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sure. But like, there was someone was circulating a quote of, of mm-hmm. like Kyle Dubas yesterday saying like, how are you, how are you going to get a guy like Seth Jones? Those guys don't hit the market or something. Like he specifically said Seth Jones. So he <laughs> oh, must. Right. He, like, I love when people pull these huh. quotes out of context. <laughs> what was what what else was going on yesterday in the hockey world or, or over the weekend in the hockey yeah. world other than Seth Jones's trade demand? Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't know. I, there, like there's, Regardless if the numbers like Seth or not, people in hockey yeah, love him. Totally. As, you know, I, I could make two phone calls to two executives and get Chris Pronger comparisons and whatever. This guy's a superstar. And these are like. <laughs> yeah, you could. Not, you could. And I in could fact, have. you did. I did. I did. <laughs> and like, these aren't dummies. Like, I can't. I yeah, got to give no, these people no, no, like, no, um, know. you know, anonymity because they're talking about other people on other teams. But like, if, if you know, I'm calling people like I'm not calling, you know. The guy, whatever. I don't know, man. These are people that that know what they're doing and that have had success. Totally agree. I'm just, I'm I'm passing on $9 million, Seth Jones. That's all. That's, that's all. That's all I'm saying. So it's really not that big of a deal. You're almost fine. (laughs) You're almost fine. He'll trade a a dollar for three dimes and just be be grateful that he got out of, out of a potentially bad contract. Well, if they, you know, the, the win for Columbus is to somehow spin this into a center. And I don't, you know, and then you you make Zach Wierenski your captain or you or whatever you you, you give Zach whatever he wants if he, you back up the Brinks truck and again that's not without risk like Zach has had his you know ups and downs yeah but you know where I stand on Zach Wierenski I do you stand at committing uh no actually no he, we we got him we got we got him for cheap in our long standing fantasy draft where Craig plucked Zach Wierenski before his uh. Before his rookie year, yes. Yeah, and then give him away. So, <laughs> if, if they can somehow, like, spin Seth into a center, and I don't know how you, like, who's training a center for somebody coming off the books? That's the challenge. Like, that's the hardest thing here. How is that team supposed to be good? Columbus? Yeah. How? What, like, what does, what does a playoff level Columbus Blue Jackets team look like in the next, in the next three years? Like, I don't who, know. Who on that team... Is going to be part of a solution moving forward. I don't know. Like you can't keep losing. Whether or not you like Seth Jones, he's a good. He's he's still a really good player. Yeah, totally. You can't lose. You can't lose these these players year after year. Um, So so then you either have to change your philosophy and just say, hey, we're going to constantly add draft picks and try to win with a young team before these guys can leave. Maybe like maybe that you have to like be your strategy. That's kind. That's kind of what I'm saying, though. Is like if you trade Seth Jones, like 
I don't care if I get a 1B center for him. Like, I'm not taking a flyer on, on, on somebody, on somebody who can, who can, you know, be a, who would be a second line center on a, on a contending team or whatever. I'm taking, I'm taking futures, like, regardless, yeah. regardless of what, of what position they play or what form they come in. I'm trying to get picks. I'm trying to get prospects because you look at that roster, the highest paid player beyond Seth Jones. And yes, we, we do have, we do have the, you know, we have the Wierenski contract to worry about at some point, but Cam Atkinson, 31 year old Cam Atkinson at 5.8, Max Domi, 5.3, Lina, disaster, Oliver Bjorkstrand <laughs> signed for, signed, you know, Eternity. through 2026 at, 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 like, what are, what are we talking about here? Like, what's yeah. the, what's, what's the end game? And I know that's not what they set out to do. I know that the past two or three years has certainly not gone according to plan. But if you move Seth Jones, you you blow it up. You trade everything. And you do, yeah. you do, you do an honest-to-God rebuild because what because what else is on this roster beyond beyond, beyond Wierenski? You got the goalies. They're going to trade one of the goalies. Oh, or Zikins probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe. So, you, so you're just so, – so uh, Man, I can't go to that fan base and say we're rebuilding. Like it was just they were just coming out of it and finally having some success. That's fine. Then you need to then then you need to hit hit the free agent market and try and try to build that. And we all and we all know how well that works, right? So you're, it's you're terrible. That's a t- that's a tough 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 deal. Who doggies? All right, Sean, we got to keep moving. But yeah. I, I can I could talk. You know me. I could talk roster construction and all this all day long. <laughs> we just cut um, the advocator in interview. <laughs> just, just kidding <laughs> how dare you um, alright let's throw to a break and then we come back it, it was a fun conversation with Justin I yeah. hate that he got hurt um, because it's, it, it's you know here's a guy that gets gets bought out and he you know he alludes to being surprised and it doesn't allude to he says he was surprised and I, I thought that was interesting looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US based live customer service from Discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are thrilled to be joined from Riga, Latvia, the captain of the American the Team USA's World Championship men's team, Justin Ablocator. Abby, how are you? Uh, doing well. How are you guys? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Um, yeah. So, for, first of all, things seem to be going really well. And I, I just want to touch just on, on playing in the world, especially now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a little bit different than normal years. You guys can't – you know, the world sometimes has a reputation as a bit of a party and all that. It's, it's a different – I imagine it's a different scene this year for you guys. Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot different, uh, of a scene for sure. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty much bubbled to the hotel and to the rink and, um, you know, we, we bust to practice, 
uh, or to the game rink and we practice and have games and we come back here. All of our meals are at the hotel. Um, we have a little area outside where we can get some fresh air, but, uh, for the most part we're indoors and, um, you know, it's, it kind of is what it is. We knew that coming in and, you know, we're all here to play hockey and, um, you know, hopefully have a successful tournament. So, uh, we have a really good group of guys in the room and, uh, we're excited about the opportunity, uh, in what lies ahead. So it's one of the things that's jumped out and you look at this roster and, and the success has been Trevor Moore has been ridiculous for you guys. And uh, like, just seems to be lighting it up. Um, what have you seen in his game and, and why do you think he's had the success he's had so far? Yeah. You know, Trevor's uh, I didn't know much, um, you know, of, of Trevor as a, as a hockey player coming in and uh you know, I've been, I've been very impressed. He, uh, you know, he can, he can really do it all for you out mm-hmm. there on the ice. Um, you know, he can play power, play penalty kill face-offs. Uh, he really just, really just works, works each and every shift. And, uh, I think that's kind of the motto of our whole team. We're just, we, we all work extremely hard, but, um, you know, he's, I think he's formed a really good line, um, with Robertson and, uh, Garland. They, They've gained some chemistry right away. Um, you know, I think Morsey's scored a lot of his goals right around that net. He goes to that net hard and, and uh, you know, has good hands and tight. So uh, he's been uh, obviously very, very happy. He's been a big part of this team and the team's offense and that line. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, he can continue doing what he's doing. Um, you mentioned Jason Robertson. Great year in Dallas. Um you know, in the rookie of the year conversation, I know Dallas fans are going to want to know how he looks. And I know he's had some early success. How much did you know about his game and, and what's impressed you the most about him? I again, I haven't, I didn't know, didn't know too much about, uh, about him as well. It's been fun to get to know him and he, he spends, uh, his time as his off season in Detroit and talking to him about, uh, growing up and, and playing in Michigan. And, um, you know, just, just a great kid, uh, works, works really hard. Um, just has really good in, instincts for the game. Um, you know, he can skate really well. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of skill. Um, you know, he's, he's tenacious on the puck and, uh, you know, he's, like I said, that, that line's found success in chemistry, which is, which has been great. But uh, I think Jason's got a, a very bright future, uh, in, in Dallas. They got a, they got a really good player and a, you know, just just as important, a really good person. I didn't realize he's a Northville <laughs> guy. I just looked as you were saying that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's great. Crazy. And the last guy I want to ask you, but not just to run through the whole roster, but like, I know there's a lot of draft curiosity around Matty Veneers. And, um, you know, he's, even though he's a Michigan kid, he's, he is, um, I saw him at the U18s in Sweden, I think it was a few years ago when he was really young, playing with like Jack Hughes and that crew, and he he stood out there with his ability. Um, and, and I think the rankings came out last week, and he I think was fifth amongst the forwards. Um, what, if a team drafts him, what's what, what are they getting in him? I, I think you're you're getting the guy that's going to work hard and compete each and every day. Um, you know, a, a two way forward that can play both ends of the ice. Uh, he can play center. He can play wing. We've kind of been bouncing him around a little bit. Um, 
you know, I, I think, uh, you know, his potential is, is huge. Obviously, he's still very young. And uh, that's, I think that's what excites everyone. Um, just with the, with the skill set and the tool, tool package that, that he has and he brings, um, he's just going to continue to build on that. And uh, he's, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, he's, he's like a rink ride, just loves being at the rink, loves being around the guys and, um, you know, loves practicing, getting better. And um, it's, it's kind of with a lot of these young kids, they're, they're coming in, you know, at 18 years old and they're, they're ready, ready to play. They got all the skills, all the tools. And, and, um, you know, I think he's just going to continue to build on that. This is a great experience for him. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to go back, come back to Michigan. I'm not sure. We'll see what he, what he decides to do, but I think this will be, you know, this experience will really help him going into next year. Mm. That's, that's great. All right. So Sean, unless you had any other world's questions, I did want to ask about, about Abby's over, overseas adventure this year you played in in switzerland how did that come about and how did it go for you you know it was um i was kind of waiting around uh kind of seeing what uh what was going to happen on the nhl side and and um got to a point where i was going to start look i want to start looking in europe and Mm. um had an offer in the german league and uh, ultimately wanted to really try to get into the Swiss league and, and had talked to a lot of guys that have played over there. And, um, you know, everyone just said so many great things about it and it's unbelievable the and the living and yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's honestly the most beautiful country I've ever been to, uh, hands down, but not even close. Um, and so I really wanted to get over there and, um, actually had reached out to, um, I was talking to Jim Slater quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, Michigan State guy and played in NHL for for a while and then played over in Geneva for gosh I think he was over there for three years and um, he connected me with uh, Derek McCann who is married to Julie Holland Ken Holland's uh, daughter so it's Ken Holland's son-in-law and so he does a lot of work uh, over in the Swiss League and has a lot of connections over there and and so he you know, we had a few conversations and he reached out to some teams and ultimately uh, found me a spot on Zug. Um, he knew knew the GM well and thought I would bring an element to that team that, you know, maybe they were lacking a little bit um, over the last two, three years. And obviously knew me as a player and as a person and sold me to the GM. And, and uh, before you know it, I'm, I'm on a flight over there. So um that was early february and uh gosh what a what an experience though um what a great group of guys um a lot a lot of we i think we have five guys five or six guys from um, our team that are playing for the national team mm-hmm. um yeah some 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 really good players um and came into the team you know uh, came into the team not knowing what to expect um didn't really know anyone um but gosh just left um uh, making some really good friends um relationships bonds you know that uh, that you'll have forever and obviously winning a championship was just uh you know the cherry on top we we set the all-time record for most points in the in a regular season which was pretty amazing and and then went on to have a really good playoff um you know beat burn in the first round which was a tough series and then went on to beat Rappi, which is, it was pretty cool playing against a couple of my former college teammates, uh, Andrew Rowan, Daniel Bukovic. Um, 
and uh it just yeah so that was fun and then we we went on to beat geneva in the final and uh it was yeah it was obviously i wanted to you know i wanted to give the nhl i wanted to get back in the nhl that was that was my ultimate ultimate goal um and then when things kind of moved slowly i knew i need i wanted to i needed to get playing i couldn't take a, a year off of hockey and, and think i was just going to come back so um it's a great opportunity to go over there and play um you know i had a good good year in, in playoff personally and, and we were successful as a team and uh, like i said just an unbelievable experience had my family brought my family over with me uh for the last two months i was over there three months so they came the last two um they had a great time and then it led me to uh you know get an opportunity to to play here at the world championship which has been uh, really cool that's awesome um, I'm glad to hear you brought your family. I know some guys, I don't know, you know, it's, it can be a long gap away, you know, from, from the kids and, and, you know, and I look at your numbers and it's, it looked like it went really well for you. Like you were, you know, scoring a lot of penalty minutes, you know, just kind of exactly <laughs> yeah. what you'd expect. And, and I was just, you know, how did you find the level of play like in, in terms of, you know, getting your game where you wanted it to be? Yeah. You know what? surprisingly you know i was training for you know training all you know for the past year and skating and i you know skated with the wings guys for a while all the yeah. way up until december um when they end up moving down to lca and then um, i ran some skates in plymouth with the guys that were still around um through december and then in january I actually hooked up with adam nightingale and the u17 team and started skating with them which was great yeah. uh, so i was getting good practices in um, it was actually a lot of fun for me, you know, skating with those young kids and <laughs> trying to, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, the 16 year olds, I mean, they're talk about good players. I mean, they are, they can, you know, they can skate, uh, they they have the skill. Like you see why these, these 18 year olds can, can are ready to play, you know, in the NHL, some of them, you know, when they, when they get drafted, cause they're, I mean, they're just, I feel like they're just light years ahead of kind of where 16 year olds were when I first came in, oh, yeah. you know, with, with their skill and their development. I mean, they, they all have skating coaches, they all have skill coaches and they're just, they're just really good players. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun for me. I think that really helped me uh, to get me ready for, um, you know, stepping in and playing. Obviously I still had to quarantine when I got over there, but uh, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, you know, playing that first game. It was almost a year off of hockey. It just, it just, you know, really made me realize how much I missed it and missed being around the guys and, and playing the sport and playing, playing competitively. And so I just, uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting. And, um, so glad I went and went and had that experience. Cause I could have, I could have sat around kind of like, you know, let's talk about Brian Boyle a little bit too. Like mm. I could have sat around and, and waited and waited and then, you know, nothing really, uh, came of anything and, and then you know you miss miss a year so or you know end of the year so it's um glad i did it It was a great experience and i like you said i had i uh i felt like i had a good year and and um it was just it was fun to get back playing do you watch I, i'm just curious and i don't know how much you're able to do this but do you watch the playoffs now and i mean that's this is the time of year where where your game really thrives you sit there and say oh yeah. man i should be in there like this uh, I need to be back doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
you know, with the seven hour time change, it's yeah. been, it's been tough. Mostly just highlights, um, mostly just highlights, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's where, you know, that's what I missed in Detroit the last number of years, mm-hmm. just like that playoff hockey, because it's just so different. And, uh, you know, I, I, I bring that type of game that I think, um, can thrive in, in a playoff type of setting. And, and, uh, so it's from the highlights, everything I've been watching, you know, the, uh, I think that everyone's favorite series or series that caught the most eyes was that Tampa, Florida series. That was, was great. you know, physical and really good hockey. And, um, you know, a lot of fun to watch. Obviously, all the you know all the series have been fun, but uh, that one for me stuck out. And, um, you know, Florida had a good team, but obviously Tampa's they get Cooch back and Stammer, and and uh, when they're healthy, they're they're, they're pretty tough. So um, yeah, it's 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 been good. I'll continue to follow from afar, obviously, and and um, you know, look forward to seeing what happens. Is the hope like to get back into the league next year? Is, is that the kind of get some yeah i would in the world i would yeah 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 for sure I, I would like to come back um you know right situation pops up for sure i mean i would also also keep the door open to, to going back to switzerland as well you yeah know, like I, said, I really i really enjoyed it family really enjoyed it um gosh you you know the travel was easier in your bed every night <laughs> our, our furthest trip was Absolutely. three and a half hours oh and uh <laughs> And you leave game days. It's just fifty-two games. It was, it was, uh, it was different, but it was, it was fun. It was good hockey. There's a lot of skill over there. Um, you know, you do only have four and four spots, um, so usually teams carry four or five guys. But um, you know, Swiss players are really good, really skilled, and um, you know, it, I just, yeah, like I said, I just really enjoyed the experience. As did, uh, as did the family. I know you had to do the two week quarantine over there, but you you played nine regular season games and then thirteen playoff games. Like that's that's perfect, right? That's like yeah. that's like that's like that's like the the ideal breakdown. You can you can get your get your feet under you, and not have to have some crazy some crazy long regular season schedule. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, that was fun. You know, getting over and and being on such a good team and a team that we knew we were going to be in the playoffs. I think we clinched with like six games left or whatever it was clinch first place. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, going over to a team that was good and that you knew was going to be in the playoffs. So my focus was, you know, in those nine games, make sure I'm, I'm at uh, tip top shape and ready to go in playoffs, playoff start. And, um, so it was, uh, yeah, gosh, it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to win again and, and get in a playoff race and, you know, and in, in, in the playoffs, it's just it's different hockey, and you gotta, you know, you know the opposition well, and you know their tendencies. So it's more of you gotta win that win that battle uh, with that guy, you know, across from you, and uh, that's that's what I've always really enjoyed. What was the conversation with Steve like when he, you guys kind of made the decision to part ways in Detroit? Uh, it wasn't. I mean. It was just a quick phone call. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, I was kind of surprised by it. I didn't really see it coming. I mean, obviously you always know it's a possibility, but, uh, you know, he just obviously, uh, called and let me know and just, um, thanked me for, you know, all my years in Detroit and, you know, said I'm always welcome back. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's a business decision, but, um, you know, just, good luck in your future. And, uh, if you need anything, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. So it wasn't, uh, it was, it was pretty short, but, yeah. um, it was, 
you know, it was um, kind of one of those things, you know, is what it is. I would have loved to finish in Detroit, finish my career in Detroit. You know, it's been just such an amazing, uh, amazing time there. And, and um, I would have liked to see through this, this rebuild and uh, back and, you know, getting back in the playoffs. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a business and, you know, I uh, gave me opportunity opportunity to uh you know go to another team and in, in uh, zug where you know, i got uh, opportunity to play a lot of minutes and kind of get my confidence back as a player um and that was huge and i think that's you know helped even even coming here to the to the world championships you know, i've been been uh feeling really good on the ice and um you know get that confidence back and um yeah it's 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 been a lot of fun that way for sure it's hard because your game is like we're talking about your game is suited for the postseason. It's suited for those, you know, those tight physical series. So it, it's hard. It was just where Detroit is in its life cycle. Like it's mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? Like your value as a player isn't part of a team that's at the bottom of the standings, right? Like that's, yeah. it just is a tough yeah. match. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what they had, they had a lot of good young players. Yeah. You know, when you're in a rebuild, you're, you know, you want to see what your young players have as well. And, and I get that too. So, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, while I had my time there, obviously I was trying to do my best to help those guys along. Yeah. And I've, I've seen, uh, Moritz Sider here, talked with him a bit and, um, you know, he's going to be a really good player for, for the team. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully makes the team next year. I wouldn't see why I would, would be shocked if, if he didn't, because I think he's ready, uh, more than ready to, to step right in he's going to be a good player mm. franchise defenseman um you, you think know, he's so that good really exciting so th- like i think he's really good yes 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 i do he's mature for his age he can skate you know, he's been laying some big hits over here i've seen some uh highlights of him in the, in the swedish league he's he's been laying some big hits over there it's great to see i i enjoy that and love that love to see that so um yeah he's a he's a right shot defenseman which which is great too so I, I think he's. I think the sky's the limit for him, but I think he's going to be a cornerstone on that on that blue line for a while. His that draft moment is one of my favorites of all time. His reaction, complete, <laughs> complete and utter shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of people, you know, myself included, didn't. You know, I hadn't really heard too much about him. Yeah. You know, so right. it seemed like it was out of left field a little bit, but obviously for the right reason. Did you get did, when you got drafted out of state? Were you did you get a did, did Detroit give you an indication that you know you were the guy? Did you have any? I, honestly, out of all the teams, I, Detroit was the last team I thought was going to draft me. Hmm. Um, you know, they I had a good meeting with them, but not like I didn't leave that meeting like oh my gosh, like Detroit's one of the teams. I had like three or four teams that I was kind of zeroing in that I thought was thought were going to draft me, and. You know, when it was just a different draft because it was 05 during that lockout. Mm-hmm. So it was held in the yeah. in the hotel and it wasn't, um, they only invited like the top 15 prospects. And mm-hmm. uh, so I wasn't invited. And uh, so we just got a bunch of family and friends over at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and we're watching, the, they televised the first round. I wasn't drafted in the first round. Then the second round, they did every five picks or so. And then, um, so I was kind of getting antsy and I was just kind of like at a point where I was, like you know maybe we should just get going you know like i it's kind of like everyone's just anxious turn it you know turn it off and then i 
got a call from my agent and uh he still tells a story to the to this day when uh you know when i answered or when i answered phone and you know i asked you know who have i, have I been drafted who i get drafted by and this, when he said the red wings and i said what and, you know my parents are like who 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 i probably had like 15 people there and then i told them the red wings and the place he says the place erupted like there was two thousand people there he's like it was That's so awesome. loud everyone's yelling and my dad bought everyone in the re- in the bar restaurant where we were sitting to drink it was just so funny um <laughs> crazy, just so so uh yeah so surreal being a redmonds fan and and having that moment um you know it's just uh i mean because obviously that can change the completely change the course of your career it's just such a such a huge moment and you kind of don't realize at the time you're just thinking, Oh yeah, I'll get drafted, but it's just, it can really change your career path. And I was just so fortunate to, to get drafted into such a great organization and organization at the time was winning, winning a lot of games and winning Stanley cups. And, um, you know, I think that really helped set the tone for the rest of my career, uh, coming in and, and learning from, you know, from some of the best. Surprised your dad didn't buy a, 10 piece boneless for every table at the, at the, at the loud one. <laughs> that's maybe what everyone would have liked instead. <laughs> it, like, uh, it, it, I mean, and you show up and it's, it's the, you know, it's Lidstrom, Zetterberg, that's it, like, that's the Rafalski. Like, that's the, I mean, you might talk about uh, Angelios. Like, what was that like as a kid grew, growing up watching it to, to show up at that first camp or first game or whatever? It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, those those were all my role models, mm-hmm. you know, walking walking in that locker room with my Michigan State bag. And, you know, I knew where to go because I've been at the Joe so many times. And uh, but just walking in and seeing all those guys and obviously being big fans of them. It was just it was just like a little kid in the candy store. You know, you're just like looking around and you're so excited and you know, everyone's introducing themselves, but you know them all. And um, I love that, like Lidstrom coming up. Hi, no. hi, hi. I'm Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Nick yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it was, uh, yeah, just, just really cool. And then, you know, going out on the ice for the first time, just going out with the Red Wings jersey, it was just like, you know, you just have to pinch yourself. I was just felt like I had to pinch myself. Like, is this really happening? Is this real? You know, and uh, just just a great experience. And like I said, it was just, you know, so fortunate to come into, you know, one of the best organizations. I mean, you show up in that culture and I know, you know, kind of being here and watching, you know, Ken Holland was really wanted that even during the rebuild to last and mm-hmm. to still be a part of it. Now it seems, it just seems now like another lifetime almost. Do you, do you feel like that they're able to do that? Like, I mean, you're still, you run the team, still run Dylan and are they yeah. able to kind of, have that link or is it so far removed because of, you know, the down years, do you still have that connection to that culture? I think they still, you know, I mean, I can't speak for this past year, but yeah. you know, when I was, when I was there, um, you know, we, we still, I mean, honestly, as, as tough as it was, we still showed up to, to work every day and, and, you know, it's, it's really tough when you're, when you're losing as much as, as much as we were and yeah. uh, to try to stay positive and um, you know, and, and uh, you can, you can, you can go down a dark place real quick if, if, uh, if you let it. And I thought, I thought we did a really good job of, of sticking together and, and taking each other's backs and, and continue to work hard and continue to stay positive. And that's, you know, it's just so important during those times and it's important for the young players in that room to see and, and to see how, 
you know, we got to, you know, you're going to go through your struggles, but you got to continue to work and show up each and every day like a professional. And, and um, I felt like that culture, that part of the culture that, you know, Kenny set with, with his, his group, Jimmy Nill and, and uh, you know, all the players that were there. Um, I, I feel like that's all that's lasted. And I hope it continues to last. So awesome. Well, Congrats on the success so far in that tournament. Go win a gold medal for the Americans. Yeah, let's do it. It's, we'll been, it's, been, a, be it's awesome. been what, since the 50s or something? The, 30, I think. 33. 33. Is that right? Yeah. 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 1933. I'd say we're due as a country. We're due. We're due. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, it's, we got, I think we got the makings of a special group. We just got to continue to continue to go out and work. And that's, uh, that's the motto of our team. So it's, um, see what happens anything can happen in these tournaments um but uh we just got to continue to go out and work and and we're having a lot of fun doing it so awesome well good luck justin thanks for doing this yeah great talking to you guys thank you take care man i want to thank justin again for joining the podcast i hate that he's hurt i feel so bad because you know not only is he trying to lead as he said it's been a minute since the americans won a gold longer than i thought he knew the exact date they must yeah that was i i was <laughs> a he knew the exact date yeah. B, I did not and C it was uh, much farther in the past than I realized honestly uh, it's it's it would be good just to you know I know it's a weird year in the world but it would be good just to get that gold so we don't have to you know we can kind of reset the clock uh, moving forward the Americans take on I, I don't know what time this game it may have already happened but as I record this they take on Italy who sits currently is o o o and 6 whatever that means uh, the Americans are 5-0-0-1 in Group B action. So, they are cruising right along. Um, so, thanks, Justin. I, you know, they, they, they now Brian Boyle is now the captain. They've given the C. They've transferred it over to Brian. But I think Abby's going to stick around and kind of be there for the, the, the group. Um, Chris Drury and Jack Capiano and the rest of the – Adam Nightingale, the rest of the staff there. So, uh, good luck to the Americans. I, it, would, it would be good to get a gold, as always. I can only imagine because I've only seen one in my life. Um, <laughs> and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And we're back. Almost back are your Avs and Golden Knights. They play game two of their series on Wednesday night. Not back as Ryan Reeves. Nope. He, Craig, how would you describe that sequence? It was comically dirty, I would say. On 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 Sunday night against uh, 
against uh against the abs there it's one of those it's one of those things it's really easy to let that kind of dominate the discourse after it happens everyone hates dirty hits everyone hates you know whatever any any sort of head hunting stuff that takes place late in a in a decided game like that i get it i get why people were talking about ryan reeves the last the last couple days but it's 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 a bummer because it hides i think the result of the game to, to to some extent like it does obscure the fact that the abs were man they did something they did something special in that game and i think we all should kind of be on notice that that's that that that's going to continue that's a juggernaut don't lose sight of it regardless of what ryan reeves does or whatever whatever anybody else does over, over the next over, over the next couple of days we could be we could be watching something special here i agree can i change my cup pick <laughs> yeah, i don't have to I no longer uh, have my bandwagon hitched to the Vegas Golden Knights. I am, holy cow. You don't want to overreact to one game, but my goodness. I think Colorado, you're right. Something special is happening there, and we're Mm -hmm. witnessing it in in real time. I want to make one last point here, and we haven't talked about it at at all, but this week is the uh, NHL draft lottery. It's on Wednesday, and... I love the lottery. I love debating how the lottery works. I love watching it. I love like Bill Daly standing there flipping cards um, in super awkward shots of GMs in the in the quiet room. And I, I my only thing is I wish guys would like react better when they win and like just start going crazy because it, it changes everything. Now this this is a really super weird draft, like everything is right now. I, I don't think there's you know Owen Power. The rankings have come out, and yeah. he's consistently been number one. I don't you know you're not hearing maybe as much about this lottery because there's not a Connor McDavid sitting at the top. But I do want to say, uh, if I had to rank the three teams I want to win the lottery the most, this is where I would mm-hmm. go. Number three is San Jose. I they sit right now they have a chance a 6.7% chance of winning the lottery. I think there's maybe one if if they can hurry up and get young talent in there there maybe is another run left in the Sharks. I just feel bad that they were so good for so long and have nothing to show for it. Um and <laughs> I I think Sean knows. I've always had a soft spot for the Sharks. Yeah, it's um, true. It's true. That's a fact. And if they can not that they need another defenseman. You know, I don't know if this is a perfectly perfect fit. Maybe they don't need to win the lottery. Or maybe they can trade down. Maybe this is the year if someone finally trades the number one pick. I would like to see San Jose. Never mind th- number three. Number two is Detroit. And I, maybe my Detroit bias and being in this market is impacting it. But these poor fans in Detroit have had to go through years of rebuilding now. Um, it's been bad for a while. And they like, keep picking like sixth. Like they haven't had that one year where they're number one and they get to talk about uh, who they're going to pick with the number one pick. In fact, they keep dropping. Every The lottery yeah. has been very bad to the Detroit Red Wings. They're six, they're six in the point standing, so I fully expect them to have the eighth overall pick. Continue. Yeah, you're right. Like, if history is any indication, Detroit, with their 7.6% chance of picking number one overall, they're going to drop. Um, and the fact that they were six, again, that's – they should be – they were that was a bad, bad team. Um, that's impressive that they were actually six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my number one – do you want to take a guess – Number one, the Edmonton Oilers. They defy. <laughs> you wish that they defy time, space, and the in the NHL's lottery rules if the, to the actually Rangers would be win fun it. Too. Win it again. The the Rangers. The Rangers, the Rangers. The Rangers at one percent. Like people would lose their minds. 
or the Blackhawks. I don't, it's not one of those two teams. I actually, and we talked a little bit about Columbus earlier. Uh, I want the Columbus Blue Jackets to win the lottery. That's my number one team. Because I thought you were, were going to say the Ducks. That was going to be that was going to be my, really? my honest my honest guess for you. Yeah, nope, yeah, not the Ducks. Just, just kind of just kind of a just kind of a kind of a guess. <laughs> I don't I don't want New Jersey. Like they've had a bunch. No. You know, Buffalo. No. My goodness, it, it wouldn't go well. Whatever happened. Like you, you, they've had enough cracks at the number one pick. Seattle. I you could make a case for Seattle. It would be fun if if the Kraken had the number one overall pick. I, that's a fun one, but like yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a big like wait wait your turn Seattle like some of these teams mm-hmm. have been have been hanging out in the lottery for years and, and haven't had a crack at it and no yeah, Columbus Columbus with the with a fourth best chance yeah they're sitting Might at eight point five percent and that again I always feel for fan bases it has nothing to do with you know yeah. whatever I, I sit there and they've got to hear how nobody wants to live in their town and they can't keep a star. And, and as Sean and I discussed earlier, really the only path forward is to go young and try to win with a young team. I think probably that's if, if you can't keep people around, you got to draft and develop them. And um, so, you know, then you can replace, you can trade Seth Jones for whatever, replace him with a top defenseman in the draft. Um, and again, I do think trading the number one over, or overall pick this year is option. Like Yarmo will do anything. You know, Yarmo's he's yeah. he's gutsy, so he maybe so it, it it would just it would give those fans something positive for once in their lives to talk about. It would it would give us an interesting GM at the top of this draft. I think it would be a lot of fun. It's a lot of shade being thrown at Columbus there. I think that might be the is but that by the me? Is that, <laughs> You're like, look at them something to be happy about for for once in their lives. <laughs> what is, Imagine being a Blue Jackets fan. No, that's from I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying it's 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 Big Ten. It's Big Ten fandom biases here. Yeah, come, maybe come, come, coming out. I, so, all I'm, I'm with saying, you. I'm with you though, man. Them, I want. I want. I I'd love for the Wings to win a lottery. If not, if not for the fans, and cer- certainly for Max Boltman, because I want. I, I I want him. I want only the best for. That's for, right. For 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 Maxie, come on. Now I want to go back and redo it. Based on beat writer, who do I like the most? <laughs> that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Oh my gosh! Um, I, Buffalo, by the way, John it Vogel. It asked for New Jersey. Corey Mazasak, you know what you did. <laughs> I don't want to. Like I, my favorite thing about the Sabers this year has been reading John Vogel. Like I think it's yeah. like John is so fun to read when things He's are going terrible. Like he yep. just crushes. It. Like it's it's so I want them to like drop ten spots. Um, all right, we've again gone long. So thank you. This this was such a fun show, Sean. It was. Yeah. Thanks again to Justin Applicator for joining. That was really good. I do want to before we go. I do want to give a plug to the other days of the week at the Athletic Hockey Show. It's been fun to be part of the Athletic Hockey Show family. Make sure on Monday you're listening to Ian Mendez and Haley Salvian, uh, and then we are followed up by on Wednesdays by good friend Scott Burnside and Pierre LeBrun. Thursday is Ian Mendez and down goes Brown. And Friday, I didn't know this was announced. We're doing this. Maybe mm-hmm. it's already happened. The Prospect Series with our best friend, Max Baltman and Corey Pronman. Max, hosting a I show. Was, I, was try, I was trying to set you up with the pro segue there, big boy. Come I on. Well, I was just reading you it gotta, as I went you for gotta, the first you time ever. On. I got the teleprompter in you front gotta, of me like Ron Burgundy. Got it. Got to be on your toes. I'm from from Pittsburgh, PA. By the way, the Prospect Series was part of the full 60. Max ripped it out of there and him and Corey have gone rogue. Um, Complete. uh, I I just, I feel betrayed, but it's going to be great. And I I look forward to listening to that. Um, 
Lastly, I will say, go if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, drop a comment in The Athletic app. I, we have gone in. We, I like to go and respond. It's good to get your feedback, what you think. I like when people make, make jokes about Sean. That's that really <laughs> – I really appreciate those. Um, and we, we respond to them. I do. I don't know if Sean does. Sean, does, he's not really a man of the people. I like <laughs> – <laughs> We're going to have an off-mic conversation about that, my boy. <laughs> I will. We jump up and we we will we will. Uh, I love reading those comments. So go go yeah. to the uh, Athletic app. Leave a comment on the show. We want your feedback. Also, if you can give a review at Apple Podcasts, that helps us a ton. Especially if you specifically mention this episode. I, I want to make the other days of the week feel bad. So <laughs> yeah. go to Apple Podcasts if you like this. If you've enjoyed this, and say you know Sean and Craig, like make sure you mention us by name yeah. uh, when you do that. And if you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash hockey show and you can receive a subscription for just three dollars 99 per month i mean can't beat that theathletic.com slash hockey show and you're getting in at 3.99 that's awesome sean this was fun i look forward to this now every tuesday morning yeah this is great you're great you're my best friend let's go max is my best friend but thanks <laughs>Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.